0: Everybody, welcome to a new Comic Crusaders podcast. I am your host, Al Mega, and today we're joined by an awesome creator, not just in comics, but also in TV and film. He is the creator-writer of what we're gonna talk about today: The Kill Journal and the Eighth Graphic Novels, as well as the writer-director of Escape the Night, Sagas of Sundry, Spokeslingers, and Tabletop. Man, this guy has been around and he's kicking ass. I'm talking about none other
1: than Or <laughs> Adam Lawson. Woo! What's going on, Adam? Woo! Hey, right, thank you, Al. That was, that was quite the intro. I, I think that might be my first intro of that much excitement. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. <laughs>
0: Everybody loves our that intro. That's what we do, because we got to pump it up, man, because you're, you're killing it on indie, man, because as we were just talking prior to, prior to going live on this podcast, this is the rise of indie right now. Man, you know, uh, even though COVID may have stopped many industries, but creative types like yourself have been murdering Kickstarters and Indiegogos all over the place. I mean, right now, your current Indiegogo, the Kill Journal, you know, you had a fixed goal of 12K, right? With 25 days to go, you're already at 96 with 159 baggers. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's awesome because, we, you know, we did the eight. Um, and I, I did the eighth out in the craziest way, right? I'd been working on it for a few years with the artist and I didn't even necessarily have a real destination. I'm like, I'm going to finish these eight issues and then I'll figure out what to do while well, I was working in TV. And then COVID hit and I dropped to the eighth, uh, without any pre-marketing, just put it up, you know, announced it to my Facebook friends and then, you know, started hustling and hustling. Right. And we ended up at about 35 grand on the eighth. And, and, uh, it was really exciting to see, you know, um, cause I, i I always wanted to do indie comics, but there's always it, you know, always the belief like how would anybody ever read it or get to it, like how would I ever get in comic shops or you know, you know what I mean? And so and then but I kept seeing these people have success on Kickstarter and Indiegogo and um when I had done a tabletop with a Wheaton, we did a a big uh, crowdfunding raise on Indiegogo, which is kind of why I went that way because it's a familiar platform. And um <clears throat> so and then and then it was a success. And then here the kill journal, you know, tracking. It's attracting exactly four times at what The Eighth was. At
0: four times? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So like
1: views versus – yeah. So so it's really cool. It's really exciting to see.
0: So you're saying that with the Kill Journal, you're doing a lot more uh, promo as opposed to what you did with The Eighth.
1: Yeah, so we spent two months – doing promos, building a sign up list, also help cultivating our fans from the eighth. And then also on Indiegogo, Facebook and Twitter, we've just been working and reaching out to people and doing collabs and connecting and and building some momentum for the Kill Journal before we launched it uh, versus the Eighth, which was, you know, of course the, the realization that any product that needs to come to market like any in any industry, you know, you need to build the hype for it, right? And build people's interest in it. So that when it drops, there's somebody there to actually pick it up. So that's been a whole different side that I've realized is really key to, you know, making an indie comic come to life is hey, you're, you're half a comic book creator and half somebody who does some marketing.
0: Oh, man. All right. So, you know, before we talk about Killer Journal, let's talk about this journey leading up all the way to that. You know, you're a yeah. writer, you've been doing TV, you've done films, you're diving into comics. Have you always been a comic
1: book fan? Yeah, I remember, you know, the, the moment that it really hit for me as I was in the fourth grade. Uh, fifth grade, and I was going to a place called Dragon's Keep in Utah uh, to get a, a Dungeons and Dragons player's handbook. And I remember going into the shop, and for the first time, I looked over and I saw Jim Lee's X-Men, oh. right? And and on that cover, you know, Cyclops was all muscly and he had the sunglasses instead of like the weird visor, and everybody looked so tough and like hip and masculine, and you're like, oh, I want to be like those guys. It was the first time comic books, it, it became cool, was, was Jim Lee's art, right? Yes. And I think I might not be alone in that, where it was oh, just, yeah, like, just changing.
0: I was part of that 90s yeah. era, Uh, one of the last conventions at the Pennsylvania Hotel was just when those guys broke out of Marvel. So I went to that first New York convention. I stood up. Wow. My, my friend cut the line. Yeah, we cheated, guys. <laughs> 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 we probably waited maybe a half hour, and I got to meet all these guys just when they just broke out into image. And what's funny was I have a cable hologram card uh, that was drawn by Jim Lee. right? Wow. But Jim Lee yeah, had a crazy it. line, right? So I gave, I see Rob. I say, hey, Rob, which my signing. goes, I didn't draw this. I said, yeah, but your cable's daddy it makes sense when i had But
1: it's true.
0: that's when the rock star comic book person started coming out it was that era
1: that's right that's when it hit me and i was like wow this this is something cool and exciting it's not kind of some dumpy guy in in, in spandex it's like now he's this tough guy and, and so that that's what turned me on to it now i said so, and I, you know i've always just had a great deep love of jim lee from that moment on and i just love him as a guy as well and <clears throat> you know and so but then my obviously my art choices and story choices have expanded uh, but that was the initial inception right <clears throat> and then i've been in it ever since and then i think it was i was doing snakes on a plane and <clears throat> sam jackson came to set and he was reading um 100 bullets by brian azzarello
0: you mean this <clears throat> theory, sam
1: Jackson? <laughs> i am talking about that one. Oh, i am talking about that one oh i'm man. talking about that one the real deal. And I see him, and he's reading 100 Bullets. I mean, he's a real comic fan. He's not faking it. He's the real thing, right? He's just on set, and he's reading 100 Bullets of the Trade. And I'm looking over, and I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, I hadn't really gone off the, the main two, the big two at that point. And I was like, well, listen, if it's cool enough for Sam Jackson, it's, it's got to be cool yeah. enough for me. right? So I went to the comic book shop, and I picked up 100 Bullets by Brian Azzarello. And it just lit my whole world on fire. Right, because it was like, wow, this is what a story can be—a non-superhero story can be. And not the superhero stories are great, but it was just like, wow, there's this other world out there, and that really, it, it, that really just opened things up for me. And then, and then it really, you know, image became a lot more of my passion in books. That I was always still getting stuff on DC, etc. Et but, but like, I had started to realize all oh, these a whole other worlds, you know, um, and that's what led me down this this pathway. And you know, why I've been you know writing and directing in television um and film, I, I always wanted to do some comic books because I loved the idea of being able to make a story and not necessarily have a studio, but make something that I could you know connect with a directly with an audience, you know, Al. And so I was um, that's when I started the eighth, you know, and it was years kind of in the works. I started hiring concept artists just on my own pocket to kind of build characters for the eighth and for the kill journal. Nice. All, you know, without even a clear destination at the time. Um, and, and, but I was building these stories. And then when COVID hit, it, it just settled on me one night, just a couple weeks in, cause I was literally like, I was shooting um, March 13th when my, you know, March 13th, when like the client was said to us, Hey, I'm just leaving early. I'm just leaving yeah. early. Cause there's this COVID thing and I'm like getting on a plane and we're like the, the crew were all sitting around. So what do we, uh, what's happening again? And um, and it was just that weekend. I was like, you know what? If this shutdown thing's going to happen, maybe this is my chance to 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 push these comic things. And that that that's that's what gave me the window where I knew uh, where I would have the time to do it uh, to to push these out and to make them happen.
0: So let me ask you here, though, you know, coming from the TV film side and now doing comics, was it? You know easy to kind of you know connect the two in transition rather from writing for tv film you know, then writing for comics
1: yeah so i think over the years i've you know i've read alan moore's book on writing for comics i've read lots of comic scripts um and um and so and, and they obviously have a lot of similarities right it's a you're when you're writing a script for a film you're also writing a, a product that's not finished right it's not a you're writing a blueprint that then directors and actors are going to fulfill in the same way that the script for a comic book, an artist is going to fulfill it. Right. And so there's a lot of similarities, but what's fun about comics is you don't, you're not always stuck in a rectangle, right. And TV and film, I'm stuck at 16 by nine, right. It's always a rectangle, but I can, you can use the panels, the shapes of the panels, the arrangement of the panels to help tell the story. And so that got to be really exciting and I'd always been really attracted to those <clears throat> books that he's talking about. We were talking earlier about Sean Gordon Murphy. It's like yeah. the way he lays out a page and the way that comes to life, even in just like the size of his panels or the way he yep. arranges things, it's like, ah, oh, there's another art in that. And so it was really exciting uh, to try and and think through that voice and through that head. And then a lot of it, you know, as far as dialogue and like the the – the important things you learn about in film dialogue, you know, keeping things really concise and short and, and not not writing stuff that's on the nose, you know, really good TV dialogue in lots of ways, I think translates really well to, to comics.
0: Excellent. And I want to ask you since you mentioned Sean G. Murphy, have you read Punk Rock Jesus?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah.
0: Love, I love that book. I got to see this <laughs> turn into a movie or something, please. <laughs> I
1: know. I know. See, it was, I remember the first thing I, I saw from him was The Wake. You know what he did with Snyder? That was great, yeah. And I was just like, who's this artist? It was just like, what are these pages? And then it's like, I was like, how can I get anything from this guy, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm kind of the same, cause I'm doing, you know, from that big two company, <laughs> that other title he does there. The uh, White Knight.
1: Yeah. yeah, which that. I love.
0: love that. That. Loved it. Yeah, it's the um, Murphy-verse, I'm digging it. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's exactly right. Like It was so cool, cause it was like, that was the first time in a while that you'd read Batman. And it took you places you weren't expecting. Um, he kind of broke some rules, and and sure, somebody's gonna come along later and do whatever they're gonna do. But for that ride, it was like this is this feels fresh once again, and it's hard with Batman, right? It's hard to make that fresh.
0: And talking about stuff that feels fresh, the Kill Journal. Yeah, you got some cool stuff here, man. This is like a horror graphic novel about Revenants. <laughs> You know, when I hear yep. the word revenants, it makes me start thinking about Mortal Kombat. You, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and the survivors who hunt them. We're, okay, so you said you've been working on this for, for quite some time, right? But where did the initial seed for this kill journal come? Because I mean, the, the the way that the characters, you know, the imagery—if you—if you just look I mean, for those that are watching the cast, if you will—if you look at the backdrop, those characters look fantastic. And I'll share some pictures at the bottom of the post for our listeners. But this looks great, man. What you know? Where did this all really come from, bro?
1: Yeah. So I, the, I had this feeling when I was younger, when I was in my early twenties, watching horror movies, and I always thought, you know, how come it's you know when they pull the shower curtain back and it's Jason to get get the person, it's always some y- young teenage teenager who's not prepared, right? How come they never pull the curtain back and it's Bruce Willis? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're ready to fight back. And so um, I started thinking about that. And like, you know, what, what's interesting is the idea of somebody fighting more, instead of being a victim in a horror movie, they're actually hunting the monsters in the horror movies. And then it started to think about, like, where should that story begin? And I thought, you know, what happens at the end of, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street is you get to the end of the film and there's a couple survivors left. And they're covered in mud and blood and their friends are all dead and their houses have been burned down. And then, you know, the cops pull up. And they get in the car, and we cut to the credits. And I was thinking, you know, what happens to those people after that window, right? Like, think about how much trauma they've been through, right? Almost loss, and and so that's what sort of births the kill journal, right? Is that it's really a tale, you know, on the in, on the vulnerable side about people coping with loss and trauma that they don't they don't know how to deal with, right? Um, and then you know, and then it's set in this supernatural world of revenants, which are evil spirits back from the dead, bent on revenge, right? Um, and now revenance is a kind of a broad term. Uh, it can mean things like slashers, like Jason Voorhees, mm-hmm. uh, but also encompasses things like Jiang from China or other. It's a, it's a little broader, yeah. uh, but the simplest version is somebody like, you know, Freddy Krueger, where they were, they were a person, maybe on the fringe, maybe up to no good. Then they were somehow attacked in, by the public, and then they come back to haunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so which is also another fun thing because there's all these stories around these revenants, right, how they came to be. Because some of them there's some sympathy for, right, even though what they're doing can't be justified. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so and, – and because they're a spiritual problem, you can't just shoot them or run them over with a truck, right? Gotcha. You've got to solve this spiritual problem in the same way you have to take Jason Voorhees back to Camp Crystal Lake and drown him. In the water, like he was as a kid, right? When he was bullied, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, re examine the spiritual problem that made this physical monster. Um, That's and, what deep
0: stuff,
1: brother.
0: I like the way you said it, though, because it's true. Every time a movie is ended, with the exception of the original Halloween, you know, one and yeah. two, we never really found, find out whatever happens to someone else, you know? at the end mm-hmm. of the movie, after the traumatic. And of course, the cops get there a- after it's over. <laughs> of course.
1: <laughs> They're never there when you need them, right? So thank
0: you. I like that. I like that take. It's, it, it sounds very, very interesting.
1: Thank you. Yeah. And I, and I think with these characters, you know, you see the art behind you. And these are originally done by a French artist. His name is Tauntaun Revolver. That's his pen name. <laughs> and, um, and I wanted to build these characters, you know, highly detailed, that always kind of had a cut, a bruise, a, you know, some blood on them, spiked bats, hacksaws, these things that um, sort of capture the, the energy of what I wanted this to feel like. That these were rugged, rough people who pulled their weapons out of the shed versus out of the gun shop, right? And they're led by this half-mad preacher named St. George, who whose congregation was butchered by one of these revenants. Wow. And he then feels divinely called, right? Or so to speak, divinely called, right? Or is he just a madman? And so then he turns his church into this training ground. And he has these support meetings, kind of like an AA meeting, if you will, for people who have survived these revenant attacks. And then the ones who are, he feels like, have what it takes, he pulls them out of the meeting and recruits them into his little army that's going after these revenants. Um, and the way he – and then the book opens with one of these meetings, and a revenant shows up at that meeting and starts tearing into people, and some of the survivors run, and some of them stay and fight, and the ones who stay and fight are the ones he recruits.
0: Excellent. I like that. And so oh, – yeah. I like yeah. I'm picturing the movie in my head already, so – you know. <laughs> That'll be the the follow up question. When are we getting the movie? But let's finish
1: over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I would lo- I would love to make that happen. Um, um, I feel like mm. the one thing that's cool about comics is that it's like, um, if I got to make a comic and it, you know, does she have a relationship directly with the fans and audience? Um, and I work in television, which has a lot of complicated variables. One because they're so expensive, and lots of people to make happy who aren't the audience. Yeah. Um, so if it never becomes a film, it was all worth it, and and I don't need it to be, but. Sure, if it does, maybe that would be exciting, too.
0: I see. Now, you said that the artist happens to be French. Uh, did you meet him here in the States, or did you find him elsewhere?
1: So I found him on ArtStation. Art um, initially. Yeah, it's an online site for you know, hiring concept artists. And i would hired, you know, I've art directed so much animation and pieces that I've just hired dozens of concept artists. And he was one that I just really fell for. And then he ended up getting a job at Riot. And he said, you know, I don't need comic book money anymore. <laughs> and um and then so my current artist then, um, who I think really represents these characters super well, is a guy named Jason Crager, um, who some of his early books he did for Top Cow were The Darkness and Evangeline. Oh, I love those uh, books. Love those yeah. books. Yeah. Nice. I know, right? And he, he's a, a truly amazing artist uh that can deliver um he delivers these outstanding, you know, page a day. Um line work that just really is blowing my mind, and then Steve Cannon is my colorist, <clears throat> and then I do the lettering and the writing and so it's and so, which is cool which i i' some like being the writer and the letterer you how, know what I mean how, now because then how
0: is yeah, that letter, letter? I, I, when did you learn to letter to in this whole process, man, so you don't just write <laughs> <clears throat> a letter so you're pitching in even more into the book
1: <laughs> yeah yeah so i i i so I taught myself the software and um, and I, you know, I do so much layout. When you're pitching television and film, you're always building decks and layout. And so I've been working in layout and Photoshop for a long time. Okay. Um, though you don't letter in Photoshop, though I wish you could better. But um, <clears throat> but it's um, but but it, but what I felt like about it was is it's also a way that like when you're the writer and the letterer, you can really th- when you get to a page, you can rewrite if your lettering is making something messy. Right? You can you know let's, let's pull that line. I see now that I don't need it. You know. Um, when I'm seeing it with the art and, like, you can get a little bit more specific and and make some tweaks that I really am, uh, appreciate being able to do.
0: Great. Now, I want to show people. I'm going to do a screen share here, you know. For okay, you, got it. you know, you could see what's going on here because this is something really, really cool. let take a look at the project. <clears throat> where am I? Let me make sure where my mouse is. Okay, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So here we are at the Kill Journal Indiegogo, as we said. It's up at 96, you know, with 25 days left for a goal of 12,000, fixed goal. Um, so give us, a, oh, man, that Leatherbound, that's something that you just actually uh, sent out in the press release, right? So where did this Leatherbound yeah. idea come from, man? Because I remember, for example, one of the first Leatherbound comic books I ever saw, I don't know if you got to see it, was the Dark Knight Returns Leatherbound edition from DC? Yeah. me, that I mean, that's like a Bible, and it looks so excellent on the bookshelf. So you
1: just you said it just right. It's a Bible, right? <laughs> yeah. And because and the kill journal in, uh, the I chose a leather bound is because Saint George, this preacher who's like the leader of this band, he keeps a record of all the kills and of all the revenants they encounter and all their history, and he like hijacked one of his Catholic Bibles to do it. Right? That's like his journal, and and so this leather bound is the exact design of the book inside of the comic. Sad. So it's like you're reading. It's like you're holding the book that you're you're reading you know it's a little meta the, what the guy inside is writing you're reading, and then i also it's hard to see it too well here in the smaller picture, but I also layered all this symbology into the design of it, which uh fits into the uh story as well um and into some of the characters and um it's in the design work there uh, I can share a screen if you want uh but it's it shows um but it ties into some of the characters and some of the lore and is a a really fun thing to discover when you're reading. Uh, Because I felt like, Al, you know, it's like you wanted to feel the world the moment you touched it, right? Yes, yes.
0: yes. We were talking about real escapism in comics, you know, because again, we know that sometimes uh, there's a lot of policies in the comics. I mean, there's always been, but with the social aspect, media aspect of it, kind of, you know, thrown on your face so consistently just to be able to have fun like this. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we didn't want to touch it and escape into a whole different world, and escape this crappy 2020 year. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean, It's a whole different world. Now, I need to know who the heck is
1: this person on screen, Dylan? Yes, is, is he one of the Revenants? He so he's one of the Revenants. So he's wow. the primary villain of this first volume of the Kill Journal. Um, and so he's tied in. Without spoiling it away, he's tied into two of the main characters. And um, and this is a pretty epic piece here. Um, that, I missed
0: this stuff from back in the day. Gore magazines, comic kind of books. So thanks for even adding that. So so cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, I felt like you know I, I wanted this to be a horror movie with a conscience, but also should it be a fun horror movie at the same time. Um, and so hence why so you get uh, these sort of these sort of crazy images that hopefully uh, make it feel like you're in the world of horror.
0: And what I love about it, eighty-eight page graphic novel. Yeah,
1: nice. so why yeah, eighty-eight yeah. pages? So uh, why I chose eighty-eight is that it's, so it's essentially four issues, right? And because I, I feel like you know sometimes on crowdfunding campaigns, people are doing like forty-eight or sixty, and it just feels like man, it's you know you, you got to wait, and it's and it's a little more expensive than the comic shop, and it's like plus you got to pay shipping, and so it's like it needed to be a full story. Um, And then there's 24 additional pages to unlock. So it can be 112. Uh, There's these mini stories. um, Because I didn't want to – they're the origin of each of the hero characters. Because I didn't want to spend the whole story saying, hey, here's the origin for this guy. Hey, here's the origin for this guy. And so instead there's four stories in the back um, that are the night each of the main survivors was attacked. And it, it gives depth to that story, and it's kind of nice to read it afterwards. And those are done by four different artists and four different writers. Um, so it's another way also to bring more people to the table. Um, and
0: so you lend right? your characters to other team members, too, to it's yeah. put their vision out forward. That's awesome, bro. I like that. Yeah. That says, hey, you know, this is my new world, but let's welcome in and expand it quickly. I love that kind of mentality. Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Let's keep going on here because something really cool here, right? You know, you yeah. have different levels. So, yep. you know, we got the leather bound at 40, right? Then we get monthly digital issues, 20 bucks. So what are we talking about here by monthly? digital? So, issues, so,
1: so lots of times when people, um, you know, when a campaign ends, you, you usually don't goes radio silent for months. You get occasional updates. So we're ahead on the comics. So when the campaign ends, you get issue one. The first month, issue two. The next month, issue three. The next month, just like you were collecting it at your local comic shop. So that way, mm. in your updates and connection to the camp, you know, to the world is you get an issue every month versus just, hey guys, we're working away. Um, and, and then oh, you know, then by the time those four issues are done, the leather bound will come. Now, some people like to read the digital and some don't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but everyone who backs gets the digital. So,
0: oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a print man. Yeah. But you know, there's some digital books, you know, I, I don't want to open up a classic book of mine. <laughs> so that's when I'll go with Digi, you know what I mean? Now, and you so know what,
1: us, mm-hmm. what I kind of find that's funny, Al, is that people who are under 25, they want the digital. People uh, who are over 25, they want the hard lot of the print.
0: Gotcha, so us old guys and, and gals want, want a real book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So here for 75, you'll get the t- a T-shirt, really cool, with with the villain, right? And, and, yep. uh, and the leather bound. Now, this one, I really love. <laughs> it is really dope. So you get the Revenant mask and the leather bound. Who designed this mask? That, that's tight.
1: Yeah, so the mask is a combination of two people. So one, it's it's uh, from the original art of Dylan. And it's a movie quality replica. This is not, and it can all be worn. It's got straps and pads inside. It's got little breathing slits. Um, this is something you, I would, if I was directing a movie, this would be what you would wear on set. It works in oh, super close right. up. Nice. It's a handcrafted thing, and so a guy named who goes goes by 666 Six on on Twitter. Um, the guy in New York, um, he has a little small shop, and he's been crafting these masks. And I felt like you know it was such a cool way to have two things. One is something that's completely tied into the world, which is a mask, right? But a mask is cool because if you can wear it for Halloween, you can wear it to keep out COVID, um, yeah. and you can. Mm-hmm. and you can also put it on your wall or put it on the mantle. It's an art piece as well. And so I thought well, that's the best way to give you something beyond the pages if you wanted it.
0: No, I, And I dig that. That's not something I've really seen before. So, you know, really cool stuff. Um, and, and here's here's an awesome bad boy here, but we got a piece of original art as well You know, for five hundred, and there's only one of those. Yeah, there's
1: only one. So this is – there is – if you scroll down a little farther, there's this image – called the rise of the revenants and um this is um, it's coming up there you go oh so this is this is the print so <clears throat> it's called rise of the revenants and it's a print that goes to everyone who backs week one um wow. but for only the back only the week one backers get this wow. it's this beautiful beautiful piece and and this one is colored by mike spicer uh who did wonder woman dead earth and murder falcon yeah, wow. um <clears throat> um, and who I just love, he's just yeah, Mortal so and his fire too. <laughs> oh, I just love that book, right? He, he's Daniel Warren Johnson, he's my my favorite. But um, so um, so this um piece, but there was an original that was done on eleven by seventeen comic board with you know with pencil, and by a guy named Preston Acevedo. And so you can buy that original piece. So an eleven by seventeen piece is awesome, right, to hold in your hands. And so uh, that's also available.
0: Yes, these are our,
1: I call it Rides of the Revenants. I, I will trust this guy.
0: He looks, yeah, like would, a, he looks the crazy, he, he, look at these guys, but this guy, to me, looks the nuttiest. <laughs>
1: yeah, and that's exactly right. He's the craziest, he right? He's, oh, he's the one that's like laughing while he kills you. <clears throat> um, and so, like, like you're right, like the, the guy on the top, he pops out of mirrors. The guy in the middle is like the, is the most physically powerful. And then this guy on the bottom here, Ricky, is, is the craziest.
0: It, it tends to be okay. like that. I had a lot of skinny friends that looked like that when I was younger, and they were always the nuttier ones for some odd reason. Okay, I, like, I
1: know, right? <laughs> <laughs> There's always the most dangerous, too. You're like, Man, that guy, you're like super, would never
0: skinnier, super short. One of those two is always going to get us into trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that guy that you said was at the top, he's so he's the heart stealer revenant, yeah. All right,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, um and then these are um, the various short stories we talked about opening up. Nice. And then these—this is the cast here. So I wanted to use, um, you know, give it, people a chance to get to know the characters in, in the world. And I wanted to do it in this, you know, the cleanest, simplest way. Um, and I also built the campaign to look like a comic book because um, I felt like, you know, campaigns tend to be a little dry to read, yes. right? You got some pictures thrown up, there, some black text thrown on white. As I was like, can this somehow be fun to read <laughs> Hopefully I got there, Al. I don't know. I might have missed, but I nah, wanted to I make it at least kind of uh, fun. Uh,
0: no, this is great uh, looking. Again, you know, you have the description of the characters. Hopefully you could, you know, get into the – ooh, look at Marty. Nuts. Right. Yeah. Per- perfect combatant for the cycle from the other other page. <laughs> right? Yep. This one looks like the take on Revenant himself too. Holy smokes. Yeah, what that's right. These guys? This
1: is, yeah, right. This is Finch. Uh, you know, he grew up on a Mexican border town, right, uh, his dad was a dog fighter. One day, a dog didn't show, and so he threw Finch in the ring, and he took out the pit bull as a young kid. A his, dad kept...
0: his dad said, you lost my dog. You got to fight this boy now. Yeah. Oh, man. That papa, you
1: mean. <laughs> He's mean. He's a mean one. And so he ended up, then his dad raising him with, like he was one of the dogs, fighting like he was one of the dogs. Oh, wow. And then Mr. Crispy is his revenant, came in and kind of wiped everyone out. In a fight in an arena, one of the dogfight arenas one day and that's finished. So he's he's the deadliest, though he's the smallest.
0: Gotcha. Hey, hey we were talking see, man. I'm so, yeah, uh, I'm so saying, yeah. <laughs> We got Brecken. he looks like a badass too, boy. He reminds me of uh what's his name? Uh for me with that, oh my god. Ash. <laughs> got that yeah. chainsaw, got the shotgun.
1: Yeah, he's got the whole package here. Yeah, he's a, a Creole guy, you know, a swamp rat, essentially, gator hunter. Who has voodoo ties um, that ultimately are going to haunt him and the rest of the club? Voodoo and, ties
0: um, with revenants. Yeah, that doesn't
1: sound. like is all tied Damn. up. He's 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 deep in it, and he's got his secrets and lies he's keeping. So, and then and for shipping, you know, for anybody who's Everywhere. listening overseas, mm-hmm. yeah, is that I have fulfillment centers in different parts of the world, so you don't have to pay the crazy price for me to ship it to you from the U.S. It'll come straight to your country, and so you, you just pay cheaper shipping.
0: That is an, an amazing thing. Now, because I don't see too many creators do that in this space. So No, they don't. So is that something you recommend they do? Do you find that that helps in your success? Do you see maybe more international orders on your project because of you offering it this way?
1: I I would say, you know, because I come from board games as well, and it's it's pretty much the standard in board games is that the number one complaint when I would hear people on the eighth or any other comic campaign who's overseas is the shipping, right? Cause they're going to pay 40 bucks for the book and then $35 to get it shipped. It's just like, uh, it's just it just kills them. They just can't like, they're like man, that, that's just too much, you know? And so what I'm, uh, so when I try to offer it the best. And so it's like you can get it in the UK for the same price of shipping as you can in the U S. Um, and and I just do the once again trying to help make it more better better experience for the backers, you know, make it as cheap as possible. So, no, I, wish it, I wish the it, I wish shipping it. could be free, but yeah,
0: yeah, that's a great deal though. You know, thank you for doing that because I have a lot of you know Crusader members that are from across the pond, if you will, across the yeah. seas, you know. So it's nice for them to be able to dig into this without having to break the bank, just like you said on shipping alone. Good yeah, stuff. This is too much. So is this a, is this the original cover or a variant?
1: So this is the cover. So the way it works out is you've got the leather-bound cover on the outside, and then the four issues are broken up inside with, with a regular cover. So you still – it's not just you get 88 straight pages of the story. I wanted to give you the value of having four covers in there and that art. And so this is the first six pages of issue one, um, mm-hmm. and it's lettered with so people can get a sense of the story and the writing and if it works for them. Because I think sometimes, you know, you, you, sometimes in campaigns you just – you get on lettered pages. So yeah. you're not quite sure how the writing is going to be. And um, and so um, hopefully, you know, this feels like after you've picked up these pages, you're like, ooh, I, I, want, I want to take this ride.
0: I think they are going to want to take the ride. And compliment you on your lettering skills. Very good job, bro. Very clear. Thank you. Uh, your team is doing phenomenal work over here. Yeah. This is Fantastic. And, again, I always look at how characters emote. That's one of the first things I see. That, you know, for me, that's how yep. a, an artist is really an artist. You're able to look, draw the same character but give me different sensations of, of feeling with the character. Yep. You know, you, you could easily tell he's very good at emoting.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you. That's the number one thing is without it, your book just mm-hmm. it just doesn't land,
0: right? Yep, yep. I mean, look at here. just an example. You could see that sadness in our eyes. You don't see anything here. You hear just somebody all of a sudden. But once you get that close up, you really it's really drawn well. Look okay. at yeah.
1: No, this is the Jason Crager's magic. Oh uh, man, who the hell is this Wolverine guy? <laughs> oh man. Yes. Yeah, so, right. So this this is one of the revenants, okay. um, and this is that moment I was talking about where they're in that group meeting, and a revenant shows up, and there's some people who run, as you can see in the background, and there's some who stay and fight, like Marty here, who lights her her tennis ball grenade and gets ready to gets ready to fight. Um,
0: why is she walking around with tennis balls grenades in the
1: meeting? <laughs> well, that, that's that's kind of the, the gist of it right? It's like Sydney before she comes in, you know, she takes that knife off out of her car and puts it in her pocket because the idea of it is like once you've seen the devil that's in the shadows, you're always afraid of what could come out next, so you are prepared in a way a regular person isn't. because uh, you know what can happen.
0: Wow. Okay, gosh, gotcha. It's basically like being someone from New York, right? Or should or normally be at the ready.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. You're at the ready.
0: Yeah, I, I was. I could tell you a story once when I was taking night school, right? Um I was walking uh-huh. home. Well, this is from going from Bushwick to Greenpoint. So it's about a maybe a 25-minute walk. Me because know, but away. it was
1: back when Bushwick wasn't a million
0: dollars, for 800
1: square feet. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. You know, so here I am, I'm walking and I'm walking with a friend, and somebody just just grabs me from behind, just grabs my shoulder oh. like hard. I didn't think, I just turned around and swang. All of a sudden, I hear somebody say, Whoa, whoa, it's me, it's me. But you know, it's at night, and they started running. And they, as they run, they say, Yo, Al, chill, it's me. I'm like, Who's me? Turn around. It was one of my <laughs> friends. He bro. He goes, bro. I would never scare you again. <laughs> he goes, you punched me dead on my chest, bro. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah. I you... think I would be the kill journal. Like, yeah, I ain't running, bro.
1: <laughs> no, you. That's right. You would be ready. You, you would be in the club. <laughs> I did not think.
0: I'm telling you, brother. I mean, I felt no. bad afterwards. I had to buy him a drink. You know? <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah, let's get some juice over here, brother. I was a good boy. All right.
1: But these are great-looking
0: characters with great art, man. We have, and as I'm showing again, I just want people to see 25 days left back to this bad boy. I mean, I think it's going to more than meet the goal and surpass it because, come on, folks, why wouldn't you want to learn about this amazing cast right now? I want to know their origins, so let's please open up their pages, folks, and support this amazing (laughs) project. And, again, check it out. The shipping, again... He has shipping locations in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, you know, EU. So, again, you're not going to break the bank on shipping when you can just purchase this awesome book. You're going to save money. and You're going to get something that's going to have you escape from this world. Now, I want to try something I haven't tried, uh, Adam, okay, right? Because do it. Uh, I was at PodFest earlier this year, right? And uh, at, yeah. at, at that uh, uh, show, I actually won something called Poddex, right? A shout-out to the creator of Poddex. So, basically here... Okay. It's, it's, it's a deck of questions. It's your questions, right?
1: Okay, just, that's cool.
0: I'm, so I'm just gonna pick out one random card and ask you whatever's on this card. And God, do I hope it's not fresh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first. Okay. Oh man. All right. So let, let's let's end, end the show like this then. What's your worst roommate or house guest story?
1: So <laughs> I, I was one, in. I, yeah. I I I was in. So is back when I first got to Los Angeles, right? And I had a roommate, I won't name the name. And I, I got a job to work on this movie for Paramount and it was shooting in Utah. And um, I, so I was gone for several months in Utah shooting this film, it was called a movie called Teenius. And um, while I was there on the movie, my, I was sending checks back to my roommate to pay the rent, right? Okay. But what was going on is he wasn't paying the rent. So while I was shooting the while I was shooting this movie, I was evicted, but I didn't know it, right? Because I was out, so all my stuff ended up on on the sidewalk, you know. Uh, oh. Of the uh, of the so I, I don't know this, and so I'm calling my girlfriend at the time to say, "Hey, can you go by and get some of my stuff?" So she's like, "You know, trying to go grab whatever bits she can and just fit in her car," um, and I kind of lost everything. So when I came back. I had no house to come back to. Um and so that was my worst uh that was my worst roommate experience. Holy yeah.
0: smokes. I think I would have hunted that person down.
1: <laughs> I mean, I was just like, where I'm like, dude, I'm sending you the checks. What's happened? And oh, I could never get a straight God. answer. And it was just like ah, he yeah. is
0: a worthy addition to the killer. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's exactly right
0: oh man adam you know so sorry that happened to you that is crazy wow uh but you know but karma is a bitch so i'm sure that you know (laughs) they're gonna get theirs because you are getting yours now you know with with good great success in your endeavors and i know this is gonna be yet yet another one to check mark as a great success you know so folks again i've been having it scrolling down the bottom of the screen check out the kill journal indigo campaign go support this bad boy please make sure to follow adam at Failed Superhero on Twitter. Is there any other places they could also follow you?
1: Yeah, on Instagram at Failed Superheroes Club or on Facebook at Failed Superheroes Club as well. Um, I can be seen in those three places. I usually post daily and especially when I've got a book out, I'm posting daily art and process stuff. And so hopefully uh, some, some of it is interesting
0: fantastic. Some of it's going to be a whole lot of interesting, man. You got, come on, man. You were chilling with Sam Jackson as he read 100 Bullets, which is a fantastic <laughs> book, by the way. I love yeah. that book, too. My it's boy put so be on that. And he was, he's a graphic novel type buyer. So all he yeah. did was, here, here's, he gave me all the graphic novels. You need to read this. Wow. I'm doing, drop them. Yeah. yeah. This, this is a friend of mine that, growing up, he would only buy singles and say, I would never buy graphic novels. That's not my thing. Now, my age, you know, over 40, and he's replacing all his floppies with omnibuses. This man has a library in his basement. Like, I told him already, whatever day you're moving, I have back pain. <laughs>
1: I'm, not <laughs> <helping you. laughs> I'm not helping you out. I'm not helping you out. No, no. Yeah, no, it's, it's funny because I've kind of gone the same direction too. I was always getting floppies. And now it's like, I'd so much rather have the graphic novel. I, I just, I kind of like, and I, what I do lots of times, I like buy the first issue digitally. So I don't have a clutter thing, and my wife go, "What's this?" You know, and then I uh, oh, I like that. I call my comic shop, put that trade on for me, and then gotcha. yeah, I'm yeah. still a
0: floppy man. I've minimized my floppies, uh, and I'm trying to do more graphic. Trying, uh, <laughs> I like. I said I like my floppies. I like you know. I just like visiting sure. the shop once a month. That's just me. I'm an LCS guy. I want to support the shops. I want to support sure. the community. You know, so this is kind of why I don't want to go to a and No, we just get this big graphic novel, I'll order it on Amazon. No, we want to support the shops. It's like we all should. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, it's- no, I, I order mine all from, I, uh, I have a shop called Arcane Comics that I do get all my trades through and do everything through. Because I'm with you too, but uh, well, let's keep That's it local, right?
0: Yeah, man. So shout out to your comic shop. You said it was what?
1: It's Arcane Comics.
0: Awesome, there you go. And my local commerce shop is epic here in uh, Orlando, so shout out to that shop too. So, folks, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. All the links will be provided. So, if you're watching, you see the links. Otherwise, it could be on the bottom of the video or our audio post. Adam, thank you again so much for taking time out oh, of your thank you, to Al. join us and talk about the greatness of the Kill Journal. I can't wait <laughs> to have this book in my hands because I think as soon as we're done, I'm going to go back to this bad boy, all right? <laughs> so with that, folks, I'm Al Mega, Comic Crusaders podcast, all right? Para tu sepa we're going to be out right now. Hasta la próxima.